<clears throat> Good evening. <clears throat> it's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank you for being here with us tonight. It's a wonderful time in this, as Nathan said, in this midweek service where we can come away from the world, the things that draw our attention possibly away from God, and we can take this time to draw our, our attention and our hearts and our minds to God, that we have this opportunity to study His Word, to be here together as a family, to sing songs of praise unto our God, that we should never take this time for granted that we get to be together and that we get to study God's Word, and God's Word will benefit us, it will edify us in our lives at any time we have the opportunity to open it, to study, to, to, to look at it, it will enrich our lives it will better our, our, our lives so we can better equip ourselves to go out and teach people that word of God and that's what this book of Acts is all about it's, it's a bittersweet night tonight it's Acts chapter 28 this book there's many things in this book that we do today some of the reasons why we do what we do are from the things that we find in in the book of Acts from the teachings in book in the book of Acts so it's, it's, it's been a wonderful study. It's been a wonderful time. This is the second time I've got to go through the whole book. And it's been fantastic that we have this opportunity to have different sp uh, speakers speak on different chapters that we see different point of views and different things brought out from the last time. Because I'm pretty sure I preached some, verse, some chapters that I did the last time completely different. That PowerPoint got thrown away and a new PowerPoint became what happened. So you grow every time you study the Word of God. Any time that you get a chance to go to a different book and you study it years and years down the road, you grow and you expand, and that's what God's Word is, is all about. And that's what we want from us tonight as we study Acts chapter 28. But I wanted to recap the whole book. Not, not the whole book. But, but I wanted to do some highlights, some things that are very important to us here in this time that as we go through the book of Acts, we see the church of Christ. We see the Lord's church established there in Acts chapter 2. That we see the church and then we see the church established. We see members added to, to the church as the Lord did. We see the church expand and the church grow and the word of God spread and new churches popping up. And it's the same thing that we do today. And that's what's really exciting and really encouraging when I see some of the patterns that we do and that we follow in the Word of God. And we're just continuing the book of Acts. So think of that as we close out this book tonight, that we are going to continue the things that we, we see in the book of Acts. That we see that we hear, we believe, we repent, we confess, that we are baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Those things that we teach, those things that we know, that we grow up knowing... Every one of these things are found here in the book of Acts. You can see all these things that every time someone is converted, there is baptism. Every time someone is converted, there is a repentance. There is a repentant heart. There is confession. There is belief. There is hearing the word of God. And you can see these things taught in the book of Acts. And it's very encouraging when you see those things. That you see multiple teachers. That when you go into places, you go into, into, into churches, that there's not just one preacher. There's more. There's multiple people that are teaching the word of God. Those things that we do, we find those things here in the book of Acts. The door is open to the Gentiles. That is a tremendous monumental thing. That the word of God is there, that the Gentiles are brought in, that salvation is to, to the Gentiles now as well, to the Jews and the Greek. And we see those things happen, and that door burst open here in the book of Acts. Extremely important for, for us today. We see the Lord's Supper on the first day of the week. We see that example. We, we, we see them coming together on the first day of the week to break bread, to, to partake of the Lord's Supper, something that we do every first day of the week as well. And it's encouraging to see those things in the book of Acts. It's, we, we, we see apostles and elders and deacons and evangelists and how the, the, those people came about and those offices and those roles that they have and those things that they do. We, we see all those things laid out and spread out for us today. We don't have apostles uh, today, but we have elders and we have deacons. We have evangelists. And we see those examples. We see those things taught and those things put in place here in the book of Acts. 
We see the trials and the tribulations of our brothers and sisters in Christ. That you look at the things that are going on here today, that there are those trials and those tribulations, and you go back and you look at the book of Acts with the shipwrecks that, that, that we talked about last chapter, with the beatings and, and the imprisonment and, and the threatenings and the murder and those putting to, to death like Stephen. And we see all those things, and it breaks our hearts some. That we see that our brothers and sisters went through all that because it needed to be, they, they needed to go through those things so that the word of God can spread. And throughout all these things, we see the boldness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see the boldness to preach the word of God to any, any and everybody. That even though they were threatened to be beaten, they were threatened to be killed, they were put in prison. There's all these things that are going on throughout the entire book of Acts that we read about. It did not stop them or persuade them from going forth and preaching the gospel. And what I want us to do is continue the book of Acts. So, so think of that in your mind when we leave this place tonight. That those things that we have studied through all these different chapters are things that we do today. That we can continue to be just as bold as they were in preaching the word of God no matter what happens to us. And here's my map. What's, what's really interesting is that Monty had a map up the last chapter, last chapter 27. And, and he said, I hope this map is as good as Justin's map. Well, what was really neat, it was the same map. I, I don't know if he, know, he knows it now, but him and me got the same map. So it's, it's, it's a good map. And this is the last time that we have maps. Lord willing, we are, are, are going to start a study in James. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail there. But I might not have very many maps as, 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 as we start studying that book. So this map is going to come up a lot. So if you, if you recall, he started his journey to Rome. This is the completion of him wanting to get to Rome. And he's been wanting to get to Rome for many years. He's written letters to the Romans, or he's written that letter to the Romans, expressing his desire to see those brethren there. And it started here in, in Caesarea where he appealed to Caesar. And they said, if you're going to appeal to Caesar, then to Caesar you will go. And he started this long journey that, 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 that Monty went through there where they started this journey through this treacherous sea and that tempest toss and that wind started to happen and all those things there 14 days they were in that sea and then eventually they get shipwrecked we're going to read those verses here in a moment right here on this island so he's made a very long journey as, 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 as you can see the scale here he's made a very long journey and we left off in the last chapter shipwrecked on an island we're going to find out the name of that island and it, it, it's right there Melita. But first, just to re recap that from Acts chapter 27, verse 41, the Bible says from, from, from the last chapter, and, and falling in, in, into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and, and the forepart stuck fast and, and remained unmovable, but the hindered part was broken with the violence of the way. So there's, they, they were shipwrecked there. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape and they and they did that because that was going to be their fate if, if if any of these soldiers escaped death awaited them so they, they wanted to kill those prisoners there but the centurion verse 43 willing to save paul or wanting to save paul kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves into the sea first into the sea and get and get to land possibly to watch them as they start coming in to make sure that they've got everybody and the rest, some on board, some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they all escaped and, are, and all safe to land. So there was pieces of ship or board, whatever they could to float themselves and get themselves to land. Every one of them is safe on shore, just like Paul said. And they made it there 
saved to land. And in Acts chapter 28, to begin our study, we find out what that island is. And it says here in Acts chapter 28, verse 1 through 2, and when they had, and they were, and then when they were escaped, when they knew that the island was called uh, uh, Maleta or, or Melita, the, uh, the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain on speaking Greeks there. So it's, it's not in, in, in the term that we might, might think of a, a barbarian there. It's people that on that island had a, had, had a different language there, and they were non-Greek speaking people. But they come to this island here. And they are all safe. And those people were kind. They, they showed them kindness. They gave them some, they, they, they killed on the fire because it was raining. It was cold. They just were shipwrecked here. And that's on this island here. I kind of just zoomed in, in there. So we're here on this island. This is where they were 14 days. They were shipwrecked and all these things. And they came to here, which is Melita. That's where the island that they're that they're they're on they're on now. So now they know where they're at. So now when they have the the opportunity, they're going to know which direction that they should go. So that's the island that they're on there, Melita. Acts chapter twenty-eight verses three through five. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And, and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, "No doubt this man is a murderer." Whom, though he had escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire. Paul did. Paul shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. So Paul, who had no problem doing any type of, uh, of task, that tent maker was going to go gather some sticks for a fire. And as he was gathering those sticks, this snake just bites him. And these people knew that it was a venomous snake. Because for one, they're on the island. They knew what kind of beast this was. And they thought it was, it was, think of a rattlesnake. He just got bit by a snake right on his hand. And they, being Greeks there, or them being superstitious, saying, oh, well, since he lived, he was actually a bad guy, so now death is, is coming to get him, and, and he's got him. Because they know that anybody's bit by this beast is going to die, because they've probably seen it dozens of times. But Paul just shakes the beast off or shakes the viper, the snake, off into the fire and felt no harm. And that might not be casual sounding to you, but it is to me. As if Paul sees it, I mean, if I get bit by a snake, I'm, I, I don't know if just shaking it off in the fire, I'd be jumping around and just, you know, I'd be terrified. I, I know what just bit me. And um, it seems to me that Paul just shakes that dude off, throws it into the fire, and just goes about his day. Why is that? And it made me think, do you think these words are in Paul's head all the time? Acts chapter 23, uh, verse 11, it said, And that night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for, I have, for as thou hast testified to me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Jesus came to him and told him, Paul, you are going to go to Rome. He said, you must go to Rome. You must bear witness of me in Rome. You're going to get there. Do you think that was always as they were shipwrecked, as, the, as they were running out of food, as the, the ship and those waves were coming, and all these things were happening to Paul, trial after trial, and all these different deals? Do you think in Paul's mind he had that faith that Jesus Christ said, you're, you're, you're going to get to Rome? So part of me thinks that maybe when that beast bit him, he didn't care whether it, it was venomous, because he is going to go to Rome. Because Jesus said, you must bear witness of me in, in Rome. 
So also, Paul is an apostle there, and 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 in Acts it, it talks about how there were special miracles that that were done by Paul. So there's certain things there that are that, that I think are in place. But to me, the verse that I kept coming back to when I was thinking about a, a snake bite or a shipwreck is this verse. Jesus said, "Be of good cheer. You're going to Rome. You must go to Rome." Back to Acts chapter 28, verse 6 or 7, the Bible says, Howbeit they looked when he, had, when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, <coughs> excuse me, and after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. In the same quarters were, were uh, possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously, or they showed us great courtesy. And that word publish kind of means like popular guy. He was the chief man. He was the popular guy of the island. Once this happened, that guy took them in and, and, and showed them all kinds of niceties and lodged him there. So I'm sure that as they claimed that, or, or they thought that, that, he, that he was a god, if Paul had heard them say this, he would have disputed immediately like he's always done in the book of Acts. Then it says here in Acts chapter 28, verse 8, the Bible says, And it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. Verse 9, So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed. Verse 10, Who also honored us with many honors. And when we departed, they laden us with such things as were necessary. So the father of this chief guy was sick <clears throat> with, 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 with a fever and dysentery. And I will not go any further than that. But it is, a, it, is a, it is a terrible sickness. This man is suffering. Paul prays, Paul heals him, and then, then he heals others. And as we've gone through the entire book of Acts, we know that any time that there's miracles done, that there's healings done, there's preaching done, so I, I believe that Paul is, is also spreading the gospel as is, is his mission, as he always does, to these people. And then these honors and these laying of these things of necessity, I, they, they were giving them provisions that they needed because they were on that island that we're going to see here for three months. So they're just taking care of, the, of these guys because, for one, they were doing the will of God. They were healing in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were lodging with this man, and they made sure that they were taking care of, I'm sure, maybe some sleeping things, some food, and some things that, that were, were needed, dry clothes, possibly blankets, but things that were necessary for these men. And in Acts chapter 28, verse 11, the Bible says, And after three months we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. <clears throat> So there was a ship there after three, three months when it, it was when the winter season was basically over. They were able to get on this ship and make their way. And the sign of Castor and Pollux, if you're, if you're interested in that, I, I, I encourage you to go study that. It, 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 it kind of means the, the twin sons of Jupiter. And then I heard the twin brothers of Zeus and some other stuff, stuff like that. But it was a a sign that of Greek gods, so to speak, of this ship that they ended up getting passage on once winter was over. Verse 12, And landing at Syracuse, we tarried there three days. And from thence we fetched a compass and came to Heregium. And after one day the south wind blew, and we came the next day 
to Pulioli, uh, uh, and I, that's as close as I'm going to get. So what, 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 what's happened is now that, that winter is over, they're on this ship and they're making their way towards Rome. That's Paul's goal. It's been his goal for several chapters. He wants to get to Rome. So now he's moving here from this island. They've took ship because they're on this island. They've, they're sailing here to, uh, to Syracuse. They're sailing here to the bottom toe of Italy. If you can see that boot, I know, I know kids may have learned that Italy looks like a boot. There's the toe of the boot. And then they're also sailing here to uh, Italy. So now the sea journey basically is over. And I told you I was going to have this map a lot. So I've, z- I've zoomed in here just to kind of show us like a little bit. Here's where he was bit, bit by that snake. He suffered no harm. And now he's came here through ships. So he's, he sailed from Syracuse to here and he sailed. So he's had, he's had like the, a, a sea journey, but the sea journey is over now. He's on land. And the Bible says here in Acts chapter 28, verse 14, where we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. And so we went toward Rome. And from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us as far as, as, as Epi Forum and the three taverns, whom, when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. And when he came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard. But Paul was suffered to dwell by by himself with a soldier that kept him. So now it's it's kind of to me it's like a a a monumental event. He's he's made it to Rome. So here he's he's tearing there. He sees brethren. (coughs) Then. Then, for, for then there's brethren heard that Paul was, was coming, that Paul is finally coming there to them, and they meet him at the Epi Forum, and the and the three the and the three taverns. It's kind of a marketplace. It's kind of a lot of commerce going on, on there. So they left Rome to meet Paul on the road, and it said that Paul thanked God and that Paul took courage. Paul had been writing to these brethren. And it must have been extremely exciting to see some of these people. And I, and I couldn't help but think of, of Romans chapter 16 where he lists all these different brothers and sisters. And in my mind, that maybe some of them were there. Maybe some of them came to the three times to, to, to see him. And I'm sure he was very excited. He was very encouraged that they were ready to see him. And I'm sure he was filled with joy to see those brothers and sisters in Christ there in Rome. So once he gets to Rome, those other prisoners were taken to the captain of the guard, possibly towards maybe some some fate in 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 the Colosseum there. But Paul here was suffered to dwell by himself with the soldier. So he's still bound with the chain from here to here with this soldier. So they've came here, and he starts making his journey towards Rome. And some of these brethren heard that Paul was coming, and they came down to meet him there. That's got to be extremely encouraging. That's got to be very encouraging to see those brethren that he's longed to see, and then they go with him the rest of the way there to Rome. You know, in Romans, so he's finally made it here to Rome. At Romans chapter 15, verse 22 through 24, the Bible says, For which cause also I have been much hindered from coming to you, but now, having no more place in these parts... <clears throat> and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, for I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way th- 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 thitherward by you 
if first I be somewhat filled with your company. So here in, the, in, in, in Romans chapter 15, and if you're wanting to study more, I would encourage you to study all of Romans, but Romans chapter 15, he talks a lot about him wanting to get to Rome. And he talked about all the things that he had to do, all, those, all, all the churches of the Gentiles there, and those things that were keeping him from coming to these brethren here at, at, at Rome. That's why I said all those things are happening to me. <clears throat> and he said, but I desire to come to you. And he said, I desire these many years to come unto you. And finally, he's here. And, and he said that you will send me on my way, but he's very encouraged to be there, filled with their company. It, 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 it must be a very joyous occasion for Paul to finally be here, somewhere that he's written about wanting to go. And it says there in Acts chapter 28, verse 17, And it came to pass that after three days, Paul called the chief of the Jews together. And when they were come together, <clears throat> he said unto them, Men and brethren, though I have committed nothing against the people or customs of our fathers, yet was I delivered prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. Verse 18, Who, when they had examined me, would have let me go, because there was no cause of death in me. So he calls the, 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 the chief of the Jews together, and he starts explaining himself, who he is and what's going on. Verse 19 says, But when the Jews spake against it, I was constrained or I was compelled to appeal unto Caesar. Not that I had ought to accuse my nation of. For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you, because that for the hope of Israel I am bound with this chain. So to the, to the Jew first, right? So he calls the, the chief Jews there. And he says, those Jews, they, 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 spoke, uh, uh, they spoke against me, and we know they wanted Paul dead. So Paul was able to escape that fate because he appealed to Caesar. So here he is coming to Caesar because he wanted to uh, appeal to Caesar because, remember, Paul's a Roman citizen. <clears throat> and it says, I, I wanted to speak to you because the, for the hope of Israel, I am bound with this chain. What is the hope of Israel? It's Jesus Christ. He said, because of Jesus Christ, the hope of Israel, I abound with this chain. So that's a very encouraging thing that Paul here is saying that is because of the hope of, of, of you, of my brethren, of my people, that I abound with this chain. So then they answer him here in, in verse 21. It says, and they said unto him, we neither received letters out of Judea concerning thee, <coughs> neither any of, of, of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of thee. But we desire to hear of, of thee what thou thinkest. For as concerning this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. So, so they're saying that we haven't re received word of you, Paul. We haven't re received anything from the, uh, the brethren about you. But the hope of Israel, that sect, that Christianity, they said we want to hear more about it. And to me, that's a little bit to their credit. They, they, they said, this sect is spoken against by everybody. We want to hear about it. We want to know about it. And I guarantee you, Paul was like, great, set a date. I can't wait. I will preach to you guys from morning until evening, which he does. And I will tell you guys about the hope of Israel and who he is. And that's why I am bound with this chain. Because Paul is always willing and always ready to preach the gospel to everybody, whether it's a soldier chained to him or Jews or Greeks, he's ready to do those things. Then we should be the same way, brothers and sisters, as we continue the book of Acts. So they want to hear about this sect, which is Christianity, and they want to hear about it. <coughs> so Paul, in Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 23, he says, <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. And when they had appointed him a day, 
There came many to hear him into his lodging, to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus, both out of the law and out of the prophets, from morning till evening. And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And that's, that is a thing that happens all throughout the book of Acts, and it still happens today. Some believe and some do, do not, but that doesn't stop us or persuade us from preaching and spreading those seeds everywhere that we go. Just like Paul here. So many came to him in, in his lodging. So it's a blessing that Paul has this freedom. I mean, he's, he's bound. He's a prisoner. But they're able to come into his lodging and he's able to teach or to, to, to talk to all these people. And it said that he persuaded, he preached about the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ out of the law of Moses and the prophets. So he's talking to Jews here. He knows what he's doing. He said, well, let's go to the book today sometimes that's a good place for us to start as well so he teaches them he shows them all these things that jesus christ is the son of god he is the fulfillment of the prophecy he is the messiah he is the hope of israel and he has come and paul's like i am his and i want all of you to be his as well you know in romans chapter 1 verse 15 the bible says so paul speaking here writing to that letter at the romans it says so as much as is in me I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are, are at Rome also. So he was way ready, ready to do the same. It says in verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And he, and he teaches him about that faith in Jesus Christ. That he teaches those Jews from the law that he now is the new covenant, now is the New Testament, and is in Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ and his body and his blood and all those things that the gospel teaches us. He said, I'm ready to preach that gospel. Are we ready to preach that gospel? And he says, I'm not ashamed of the power of the gospel. He said to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And he's followed that pattern here that he's come to Rome. He's called those chief Jews first, but then he's going to flip that coin like he normally does. In Acts chapter 28, verse 25, the Bible says that when they had agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well, spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our fathers, saying, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall hear and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see and not perceive. For the heart of these people is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Be it known, therefore, unto you, this is Paul speaking, that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles, and they, and that they will hear it. You know, Jesus used this same passage of Scripture when he was talking to those Pharisees, those hypocrites, those people that won't listen. He said, your hearts are so fat, they're full. He says that your ears are stopped up, that you cannot hear, your eyes you cannot see. And I'm sure it upsets Paul. He said, can you not see Jesus Christ is the hope of Israel? Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. And it says, well, did Isaiah prophesy? Jesus used these verses. Paul uses these verses for these brethren because <clears throat> they did not believe. And it says there that, their, I, that I wish that they would understand with their heart that they should be converted and I should heal them. You know, sometimes it's hard for people to recognize the healing that they need. 
These people needed Jesus Christ. They needed to be converted as so that they could be healed. And many of them were not willing to do that. So Paul says, well, know this, that salvation is, is that the salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles as well. And Paul calls himself the, the, the apostle of the Gentiles. He said, I'm to the Jew first, that's fine, but now I'm going to the Gentiles. And he tells us that in Romans chapter 11, verse 11, it says, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles. For to provoke them to, to, to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world, and the and the diminishing of them, the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness. For I speak to you Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. So he's saying here that salvation has come unto the Gentiles. And that is to bring, but, 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 but he's still saying here that uh, here in, in Romans uh, chapter 11, that he wants those Jews as well. He says, it, it's not that, that, that they have stumbled so they should fall. God forbid. God doesn't want those Jews to fall. He wants those Jews to be converted and be healed. And that's what Paul is saying in Romans uh, uh, chapter 11. But it speaks that the salvation is for the Gentiles as well. That though they could not keep the law, Jesus came. And Jesus is now the one. Jesus is now the one that saves. And he saves both Jews and Gentiles. And he wants those Jews as well. But now he's turning to the Gentiles because salvation is coming to the Gentiles. And Paul calls himself here the apostle of the Gentiles. And we see that if we go through and study all his, his letters, that he very much saw himself in that light. But it's not that he did not try. It's not that he did not preach and try to teach those Jewish people, those Jewish brethren as well. So coming to the end of Acts chapter 28 here, the Bible says, <clears throat> And when... In Acts chapter 28, verse 29, And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great reasoning among themselves. So regardless of what's going on, they were still talking. They were still communicating. Possibly some of them reasoned themselves back into what Paul was wanting them to do. And verse 30 says, And Paul dwelt two whole years in his own hired house and received all that came in unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concerned the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence no man forbidding him. That is a wonderful, wonderful blessing. You know, Paul for many years wanted to get here to Rome. And here he is, and he has the opportunity to preach the kingdom of God. He has the opportunity to teach those things about Jesus Christ. And he has that confidence, he has that boldness, and no man for, it was, uh, forbade him from doing those things. And that for two whole years there. You know, it, it's, it, as he came in, in shipwrecks, he came through prison. He, he came through beatings. He did all these things and never stopped. And he came to Rome. He wanted to come to Rome. And it did not stop him from doing those things that God wanted, wanted him to do. You know, in Romans chapter 15, Paul says, And I am sure that when I come unto you, I shall come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. And he came in chains. But guess what? He still came in the blessing of the of the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. It says, Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake, for the love of the Spirit, that ye strive together with me in prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe it in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy, 
by the will of God, <clears throat> and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. To me, it might not have been the circumstances that I would want to come to Rome, but that's how Paul got to Rome. And it says here that he came with full joy. Whether he was bound and changed or beaten or broken, he got to go to Rome and he got the opportunity to preach the word of God and he had the, the, uh, the opportunity to teach those things about Jesus Christ. That's the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ that sometimes it might not be ideal for you and me. Some of the things that Paul did were not ideal. They weren't comfortable. But he did those things so that the gospel could be preached. One last verse here in Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, these were the verses that I went to when I wanted to end this book of Acts. And in Philippians chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 12, the Bible says, But I would, <clears throat> excuse me, but I would, ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the uh, places and in all, and in all other places. And many of the brethren in the Lord, waxing or growing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. That if you study the life of Paul and you see the things that Paul did, it should give us confidence and boldness to go out and preach the word of God. It says here that those things that happened to me were for the furtherance of the gospel. The gospel was spread everywhere that Paul went. And said so those bonds were, were in Christ. And it says that it, it gave other brethren they, that they grew confident because of the things that were happening to Paul. And that's kind of a, a, a logical thing. It, well, if Paul can do that through this, well, surely I can go next door and preach the word of God to my neighbor. That I hope that throughout the studying of the book of Acts, that we have grown confident, that we will be more bold to speak the word of God without fear. Because it's what needs to be done so that the church can grow and continue to spread just like it did in the book of Acts. And I look forward to our next chapter studies. If there's someone here, here tonight who is not a child of God, who has not been baptized in the name of, of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who has not been buried with him in baptism to arise and walk in newness of life, and we saw those things in, in the book of Acts that I say these things and I see them in the book of Acts is very encouraging that those men and those women were baptized and brought up out of that water to rise and walk as a new creature, as a Christian. We have that opportunity to do the same thing here tonight. If you have not done that, we would encourage you to, to do so. If you are a, a brethren, you have been baptized, but maybe things are not going right or maybe your life or your mind or your heart is not right with God. We see that in, in the book of Acts as well with, 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 the, with, with uh, those, those people there that, that, that were struggling there and they asked for the prayers of, of the church and all these things that we ask for that we do, we see in the book of Acts and we like to put them in practice. If there's anyone here that, that, that is subject to the gospel call, we'd ask that you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing. <laughs>